Welcome to Time After Time, a non-sponsored, highly judgmental podcast about time travel and love and friendship and the movies that bring them together into our living rooms. I'm Helena and I'm Paige. And maybe in an alternate timeline, you've already listened to this podcast and you loved it. Let's go. You got my love on repeat. You got my love on repeat. Nice. I don't have anything. I, I'm i feeling um, less and less enthusiastic about... About the songs? About this about starting the podcast this way. <gasps> oh my god, do we need to like do some reassessing? Because <laughs> I feel like you were... you were. No, this was... It was all me. kind of like your thing. It was all me. I love putting words into songs that don't belong there. Yeah, you're really good at it. I used to be. What, what? I feel like this is making me worse at it. How long have know. you been feeling this way, Paige? Just today. I was thinking today <laughs> as I was organizing my notes, like, oh, I have to do that later. And it was not, like, a fun thought. Are you sure this is not just, like, a today thought? I don't know. We'll see. All right. Okay, we'll keep an eye on it. Start brainstorming a new way to start the podcast then, I guess. I know. That was the problem. Pre the song, we didn't have a... A compelling way to start the podcast? No, because we've just been, we've always, every, okay, every time we do the podcast, we've been, like, hanging out for hours. It's so true. So we can't be like, true. oh, Helena, how are you? No, it's, it's true. It's, like, very it's inauthentic. True. And also, like, I don't want to tell people how I really am. Yeah. Because <laughs> I have a persona to keep up, and uh, how I really am doesn't really fit with that. Oh, okay, okay. Maybe something is coming. Oh, ooh, ooh. <laughs> so stupid. <laughs> L is for love, Henri. E P. Okay, all right. O is for Avonri. <laughs> v is very, very love on repeat, Ari. Oh my god. E is even more love on repeat. That's what's in store. Nice. Actually, that was a really good one. Thank you. You redeemed yourself. We made it. We made it. And hopefully this this feeling of ennui. <laughs> will pass <laughs> yeah just keep us posted um we're all rooting for you so okay so today the film we are covering is love, love on repeat. repeat um this is a 2020 hallmark film is I it believe? hallmark or was it just I, like an independent I, like sort of poorly made film i think it was hallmark it was okay. not super clear on the interwebs i think it was made by a lot of hallmark people but there was no hallmark branding anywhere on it according to amazon that's so weird it's just weird because i feel like all the hallmark movies like have a have a whole hallmark branding and also lots of Hallmark spawn in, inside, where they're like, look at this trinket. Isn't it nice? <laughs> oh, that's true. Greeting cards, eh? Maybe what happened was the movie was made independently and then, like, sold to Hallmark after. Yeah, that could be. Or just it just aired on there a right. few times. It wasn't actually a Hallmark original. But I will say Jen Lilly, who stars in this movie, basically all she does at this point is Hallmark movies. Yeah, yeah, that's what I <laughs> so, meant. Like there were and and doesn't um the, the yeah, guy from Mean Girls yes. also do a lot of Hallmark yeah, movies? Yeah, he does a lot of Hallmark movies. Yeah, so it's like the Hallmark crew, just not like Hallmark Hallmark. All right, so it's a 2020 Hallmark movie. That's what's been concluded by Amazon. Uh and we're going to summarize it before we say anything else. Let's do it. We meet Amber, played by Jen Lilly, 
as she's being woken up by her ringing cell phone. On the other end of the line is Charlie, played by Andrew Lawrence, her co-worker, reminding her that she was supposed to come into work early to help set up for another co-worker, Emily's, baby shower, but she is now 20 minutes late. Amber jumps up, gets dressed in a hurry, and staggers her way out the door. She doesn't brush her teeth because she's out of toothpaste, and she doesn't eat because she burns her Pop-Tart. We are supposed to gather that she is a bit of a mess. Amber arrives at work just in time to surprise Emily with the baby shower. Here, we meet the rest of the office characters. Felicia, Amber's seemingly best office buddy. Emily, a co-worker who has been beating Amber at everything since high school. Bob, their boss. Dana, the receptionist, maybe? And uh, most importantly, Kevin, played by Jonathan Bennett, Amber's recent ex-boyfriend who works in marketing and is a big dum-dum, but who she's super into because he's super hot and has abs. At the baby shower, Amber tries to impress their boss to get a promotion by being good at baby Olympics. Classic way to get a promotion. (laughs) Be good at baby shower games. But uh, she isn't uh, isn't good at it. She fails. So she then gets lunch with Charlie, who gives her lots of compliments and is clearly super into her. Then they return to the office for the big grant proposal, which is just a big meeting with a guy named Mr. Grant who could give their architecture firm a big account. Amber really wants to land him as a client to impress the boss man, but right before he shows up, she gets covered in baby shower cake. While she's trying to clean herself up, Emily, who used to be a student of Mr. Grant's, swoops in and lands the account. Amber's bosses, they need to have a meeting to talk about her professionalism the next morning. As she falls asleep that night, Amber wishes out loud that she could do the day over again. In a plot twist that will surprise no one, she does the day over again. She wakes up the same way, rushes out the door, and arrives at the office to realize that it's baby shower day again. She goes through the whole day trying to figure out what's going on and Googling deja vu experiences. By the time it all happens for a third time, she's figured it out. By day three or four, she's frustrated and upset and feels stuck. Because she is stuck in a time loop. In a time loop, yes. (laughs) She gets drinks with Charlie after work around, I want to say, like day four, and asks him about his feelings around deja vu and... Apparently, some people think it's because we're actually repeating things from past lives is what she found on the internet. Um, He says something about how if that's true, maybe it means that the universe is giving people a second chance to get it right. Amber takes this idea and runs with it. Before bed that night, she makes a list of things that she needs to get right, which include being really good at baby Olympics, landing the grant account, getting a promotion, and underlined and in big letters, get Kevin back. Get Kevin back. We then get a montage of Amber trying and failing to accomplish these goals. I mean, she does get really good at the Baby Olympics, but other than that, not so much. After what appears to be uh, weeks of being stuck in this day, she gives up and plays hooky at the local park. Charlie finds her and she explains what has been happening to her. He offers to help her and he even offers up an embarrassing childhood story that he's never told anyone else so that she can convince him in the next loop that she's telling the truth. Also, while they're at the park, they have a very vulnerable conversation where Charlie basically asks her why she wants to move up at the company at all when she doesn't seem to like her job. She talks about how, as a kid, she wanted to design homes, and now she's stuck slightly altering plans for strip malls to fit zoning regulations. Which, by the way, seems to be, like, most of architecture. Yes. (laughs) From what I hear. I do appreciate that this movie was like, you think architecture is romantic? It's not. It's not. Okay. (laughs) Charlie thinks that she should just quit, um, but she recently points out that she has a mortgage. Yeah, that's totally fair. (laughs) The next loop, Amber uses the embarrassing childhood story that he told her to convince Charlie to help her again. First up, Charlie talks to Kevin to find out why he broke up with Amber. 
Kevin tells him that it's because she didn't believe in his dream of playing professional kickball. (laughs) Second, he talks Amber up to their boss. Lastly, he makes sure that it is Emily that gets covered in cake and not Amber. So Amber lands the grant account. This all works. She's able to make dinner plans with Kevin. She lands the grant account and her boss offers her the promotion. However, Charlie is disappointed in her actions and how she was willing to hurt people to get what she wants. Amber says she feels bad, but she can just get it right the next day. Amber goes to check on Emily after Emily got covered in cake and Emily is crying. Um, Understandably, she's covered in cake. Yeah, I guess. I feel like it makes more sense why she's crying when she opens up. But like, I'm like, it's just cake. I would. Cry, I don't know. I would cry over the cake. Everyone thing. in this movie is like, it's like they've never had a food stain on their before. <laughs> I can't. That's how I live my life. I'm always covered in food stains, and nobody has ever knocked my professionalism. <laughs> anyway. Uh, Emily opens up to Amber about how Emily's husband recently lost his job and they can barely barely afford to keep their house on her salary um, and how uh, she was really hoping to talk to her old professor, Mr. Grant, who maybe would have a job opening for her husband. Amber feels bad. Bob, her boss, then uh, brings Amber all the files in the Grant account and Amber seems very overwhelmed and unhappy. Amber then goes to dinner with Kevin, who only wants to talk more about his professional kickball career. She realizes that he is a big dummy and that she does not want to be with him. She goes to sleep, ready to do things differently in the next loop. In another twist that should surprise no one, she does not get another loop. She wakes up and it is finally tomorrow. She does not realize this until she gets to the office and is supposed to be meeting with Mr. Grant and Bob, the boss man. They are talking about state regulations versus municipality ordinances, and she clearly wants to die. She quits and brings Emily in to be like, Emily loves all this stuff. She's all about the city ordinances. She's very boring. She will take this account. And also, her husband would be a really great fit for that job you have, Mr. Grant. Bada bing, bada boom. She goes to Charlie's office, and Felicia tells her that he quit because he said there was nothing left for him there. Very dramatic. Very dramatic. Luckily, Amber knows where Charlie likes to go when he's not working. Because that, you know, the day they met at that park. Uh, So she heads back to the park uh, where he found her a few loops back. She finds him there and tells him that she quit and she was wrong and he was right about everything. They kiss. We flash forward two years to where Amber is meeting with a couple who she's designing a home for. Presumably working for her own company. Charlie comes in to get her, and they are clearly a couple, and she is very pregnant. He brings her to the next room, where her friends and old co-workers are throwing her her very own baby shower. Emily is there with her son, and also, weirdly, Kevin is there, and maybe dating Felicia? A twist. Everyone is happy, though, and in love, and living their professional dreams. The end. The end. Blast from the past. We didn't uh, say which brings us to. Okay, sorry. It's okay. I'm just Should saying we? it's different. No, we're we're going different. Okay. 2020 Hallmark movie. Not a lot of of uh, behind the scenes gossip, but Jonathan Bennett, notably, played Aaron Samuels in Mean Girls. Aaron Samuels. <laughs> you know that guy. He looks sexy with his hair pushed back. He's so sexy with his hair pushed back. Um, also, he's gay now. Yeah, I did know that, actually. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Actually, all all three of the leads from Mean Girls are gay, I read. Kevin G 
and the guy who was like oh all three gay. all three male leads male leads yes. from Mean Girls are gay now yes. or were gay then but are now out as gay yes I'm, I'm re-watching old seasons of Drag Race and Jonathan Bennett and the guy who played Damien in Mean Girls whose name I forget were recently were guest judges on together a, together oh that's a, so fun I love season that season 12 episode how cute yes so Jonathan Bennett is not on Secret Celebrity Drag Tell Race. us more about Jonathan Bennett, please. <laughs> He's been in, um, like you said, many Hallmark movies, including one where he, he gets to play a gay man. Oh, um, yay. In The Christmas House and The Christmas House 2, which is technically, I wouldn't call it a gay rom-com because there's three couples in it. There's like these three siblings. I didn't yes, watch the movie I heard about this. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's like one third of a gay rom-com. Okay. Mm-hmm. But what I really went down a rabbit hole with was his personal life, specifically his engagement. Okay, tell me more. So he got engaged to um, James Vaughn, who is an actor, TV personality. He was on The Amazing Race. He is a host on Celebrity Page, which is actually how they met. There's a video of them meeting. What is Celebrity Page? I don't know. It seems like an E type. I have that. Vi- I have. I have a. a I have a video of them meeting that we for can the watch first right time now. ever. Yes. Oh my god! This is the but start is- of their love story. I will say, this is not the video I wanted to show you, so... Is there another video? There's another video. Oh my god, I can't wait. <laughs> We're so glad you're with us as we share some exciting news about one of our own. James Vaughn just got engaged, and it's today's cover story. Oh my god. This is par- Okay, this is part of the video that I'm going to show you in a second. Aww, that's so cute. Jonathan Bennett as James finally popped the question to his longtime boyfriend. I'm such a sucker for proposals. You're gonna get to watch the full video. Great. Sonia, here in LA, stars are gearing up for Halloween, and nobody knows the holiday. So this is a clip from 2016. That's right. James and Jonathan met right here on Celebrity Page TV. Demonic wedding. Demonic wedding. You know, it's like you know. Corpse's bride, you know, which is probably how my wedding will be. James interviewing the Food Network host about his show, Halloween Wars. The reason you and I are together and the reason that I found the love of my life is because of Halloween Wars. Along the way, celebrities are following their courtship. That's, that was the meeting. Okay, great. Thank you so much. Wait, so Jonathan Bennett had a... Uh, he hosted Halloween Wars. Halloween Wars. He also okay. think, hosted Cupcake Wars for a little while. Okay, okay. And then he, this guy was on, his husband was on a, he was doing, no. he was covering Halloween Wars and that's how they Yes, met. his husband was interviewing him for Celebrity Page about Halloween Wars. And then they were like, you're really cute. And the other guy was like, you're really cute. Yeah, and then they fucked in the bathroom. Oh, I'm so happy for them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I, the, I made that last The fucking in the bathroom don't, is don't pure speculation. Right. Okay, so... Here is their engagement video. I want to watch it. I can't wait. I'm so excited. I'll describe it to you, to the viewers. Audio okay. describe. Okay. So, okay. Wait, hold on. So, um, James Vaughn is holding a sign. First of all, this is on the set of The Christmas House too. Yes. <laughs> God, inject this directly into my veins. Uh, James Vaughn is holding a sign that says, we never did find our song. Okay. Jonathan Bennett is stepping out of the house. He's immediately crying. Oh my god! Look at him. Now he flipped the sign over and he said, "So I wrote it for you." And now the original song <laughs> that he wrote starts more. playing. Jonathan Bennett cannot stop crying. He is sobbing so hard. It's it's, it's an ugly cry. It's it's amazing. 
I just like to say that James is not singing the song. It's simply playing in the background. I think it's him singing in the background. It's him though. singing in the background, but he's not singing it to Jonathan Bennett right now while he's about to propose. Right. I think it's probably playing in the background of this of this moment too. Right. Yeah, yes, yes. I just feel like a live performance would be nice, but clearly everyone's very happy with this. Oh, the whispering in the ear. There's not a single thing in my life that I've ever been 100% sure of until you came along. It's too intimate. I feel uncomfortable. I know, I'm hiding. It also sounds like a Hallmark movie writer. It sounds like a... I I don't know that I'm having a lot of feelings. (laughs) Every single day telling you how much I love you. You're my forever baby. You knew this was happening. I would still have that reaction. I will. Jonathan, David Bennett. Will you marry me? Yes, of course. Oh my god. Confetti cannon. <laughs> now they're making out. Wow. 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 Okay. I need to, we need to like, like break this down. So I just, here's the thing is like, can I is stop there, playing? Is there it? more? He, they're just putting the rings on each other's fingers. Timmy's playing, doing oh, some kissing. They're, they're sitting. Oh no, I don't like it. I don't like it. He's, he's just now rereading the sign crying. They're straddling oh, each other. Like they are publicly? singing the song to each other. I think Jonathan Bennett might be having a panic attack. <laughs> he doesn't seem like he's breathing. Uh, okay, that was wild. I have so many feelings. Um, I hated it so much. I was hiding in my shirt. I I hate it. Like, here's the thing: is like when when I saw just the clip of him getting down on one knee and like Jonathan Bennett screaming in the ET footage you showed me, I was like, love it. This is exactly. Uh, that was the celebrity page footage. Okay. The whole video Whatever. we just watched was it he was it was all was an, an ET, ET video. You're right. Okay. So the, the first video you showed me was just like a clip of him getting down on one knee and Jonathan Bennett screaming, which that I'm very here for. Hearing every word of what he said to Jonathan Bennett as he was proposing, way too intimate. I feel very uncomfortable yes. that I heard that. But I do think everyone should watch the video for Jonathan Bennett's ugly cry um, immediately. Jonathan Bennett walks out of this house, sees the sign, and is immediately sobbing. Incredible, incredible. And, and then I, I did like the screaming. The, the screaming was great. I, I think maybe I need to like have that as a sound on my phone to just play sometimes. <laughs> and I do think, because the whole sign was like, I wrote the song for you, I think the song must have been playing in the background because James right. Bond was not singing the song. Well, that, that was a weird choice to me. Like, why wouldn't you sing? Like, I feel like if you're... It, I don't know. Maybe he's not confident in himself as a live singer. Maybe. Performer. Maybe. I don't know. I would I would think that the move would be to, like, have it with a live band. Yes. That's what I would do. That would... That's, if I was the person who was proposing. But I agree. you know what? That's fine. They also, like, needed to straddle each other <laughs> in some grass in front of cameras. I don't know. <laughs> that was weird. I didn't like it. Not straddle each other like they were fucking. Like, straddle no. each other like 
like their legs were like they were both okay they were both sitting sitting like crisscross applesauce not crisscross applesauce entangled though. though yeah butts on the ground feet how do you even describe it that's what i'm saying they're sitting it's like if you tried to sit crisscross applesauce but there was a human being in your way right so you had your legs extended around, around the human feet the trunk of the other human being yes um yeah like not a not a normal way to sit <laughs> In general, I don't think I would sit that way even if I knew that there were not other people around. Like, it doesn't feel comfortable to me. Uh, But also very weird to do it in front of a camera and presumably other people on the crew if this was indeed the set of the Christmas Christmas house. house. So anyway, a lot to unpack Oh, maybe it was the Christmas house, not the Christmas house too. Oh, okay, well, still. And the original song, uh, When They Got Married... The two grooms walked, met each other at the altar while the original song was playing. Yeah, no, I don't like that. No, I don't like it. You're making everybody listen to you sing at your wedding. I don't like it. But they were the first gay couple to be on the cover of the magazine, the Not magazine. Oh, that's cool. Wait, in 2021? Is that what it says in your notes? Mm -hmm. That is so late for the Not to have... How long has the knot been going on? I don't know. Feels like a long time. That's bullshit. It took them till 2021. That's insane. It's honestly a dream wedding, Bennett told people. We kept having to stop and remind ourselves that we weren't on a movie set, that this was actually our real life. If you had told me this was one of my Hallmark movie sets, I would have believed it. I love that it for him. It was that perfect. I love that for him. The couple's special day was filled with fresh new traditions. This is what I mean when I was like... That that should have been the end, right? Like those videos should have been the end of my research. But, but I was you, like, you kept I going, need to know because you are nothing if not thorough. <laughs> and the, the times, let's appreciate you for that. Members of their wedding party wore black tuxedos um, and white tuxedos. Okay, gender neutral. Uh, so like, regardless of gender, everyone wore a tuxedo. I love that. Super Bennett fun. said it's gender neutral, but everyone looks represented and feels sexy in their own way. So it's like a new tradition for the community. You don't have to do dresses and tuxes. Anyone who wants to wear a tux, wear a tux. Go for it. But what if you didn't want to wear a tux? It sounds like they had to wear tuxes. No, it's gender neutral, but you have to do what we say. Okay, great. Love it. Love it. Okay, do you have any other questions about Jonathan Bennett? Um, I just, on? like, I, I'm going to need to spend some time on his Instagram very soon. Yeah. I just, yeah. He's very curated. I, I believe that. I believe that for him. And I love that for him. I I need everybody to watch the, the engagement video. I I'll, really do. I'll put a link in the description. Yeah. Okay, um, moving on to Andrew Lawrence, who played who Charlie. Who? Okay. Thank you. The other male lead of this movie. Great, okay. So Charlie is the actual romantic male lead, but I would say Kevin is the star. Yeah, Kevin is the lead of my heart. Yeah. Yeah. We love um, a himbo. Andrew Lawrence is the brother of both Joey Lawrence and Matthew Lawrence. Uh, we're both actors. Joey Lawrence, you'd recognize. He was on, like, Melissa and Joey. Oh, yeah. He's bald. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that guy. Um, Matthew Lawrence played Sean's brother on Boy Meets World. Oh. Jack, I think his name was. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they're all actors. That's cool. Good for them. And what I found most interesting is he voiced TJ on Recess. Oh, my God. Recess? Yeah. TBT. Loved that show. And that, that's it. Jen Lilly is just... she. Um, she's mainly like a soap, act, soup, soap opera actress and does Hallmark movies. She so. did a fine job. They all... They all did a fine did job. Did fine, except for Felicia. What was wrong with Felicia? I just thought Felicia was a bad actor. Every time she spoke, I was like, that's... I don't believe it. <laughs> I thought everyone was having a nice time. Yeah. Yeah, we will say generally our feeling, or I won't speak for you, generally my feelings about this movie was like, it's very badly made and very stupid, but I had a great time watching it. Yeah, I had a very pleasant afternoon. <laughs> time travel. Brings Tight. us to. <laughs> Which brings us to. 
Magic, science, just a dream. So here's where we talk about the hows and the whys of the time travel. Magic, from what we gather. Wish magic. Wish magic. It, It seems like a pretty opaque process because she, like, makes a wish. The following day, she, like, writes down some goals. Or maybe not the following day, but soon after she writes down some goals. And once she achieves all of the goals on her list, she's out of the loop. Sure. Yeah, I didn't even think about it like that, that she wrote down the goals and then she achieved them. Because sometimes it's like they think they need to do a certain thing and it turns out like it's not, they don't need to do that thing. Like for example, like it's very obvious that like she's not meant to be with Kevin, but her goal was to be with Kevin. And so in, you know, a lot of other movies, it wouldn't let her out of the loop even though she made it with Kevin. Right. And she'd be like, why am I still in this loop? And then she'd kiss Charlie and she'd be out of the loop. But that's not what happened here. Which I liked. That's true. That is that is interesting. I thought of it more like the, the time loop was like, haha, fuck you. I te- I'll teach you a lesson by letting you out of the time loop. I don't know. So but, are yeah, you, are you saying there is a sentience to this time loop? Are you saying the time loop is a being? I mean, that's how I was reading it, but your way makes much more sense. She asked for something. She got that thing. She's out. It just turned out that she didn't, you know, she didn't it's actually like, want it's a the careful thing. what you wish for. Yeah, it's a careful in what multiple you, ways. Yeah, it's careful what you wish for with the initial wish and careful what you yeah. wish for with like what she wanted to achieve. Mm-hmm. I kind of wish the only thing that I think would have made it like even more tight is if she wrote down those goals before she made that wish. Or like mm. if she wrote down those goals like that the day on her first day before anything repeated. And then mm. like nothing went her way that day. And so she laid down and was like, I wish I could do this day over. And then there was something with that right. list of goals. Right. And then she found the list and she's like, okay, I have to check these off. Right. And then do she it. does it. And that does in mm. fact work. But then she's like, I didn't want any of that, this. That would have made it tighter. Yeah. She, wow. Punch it up. But honestly, like, very, like otherwise it was very tight. And I loved the twist of uh, her getting out of the loop and not being happy. Because mm-hmm. I don't think we, because we haven't seen that. I don't think. Have we? Um, I feel like we maybe have seen it where they got out of the loop and still to like fix some things, but yeah, it's, it's more, more often we see them think that they're doing what's going to make them happy. They're like, great. I accomplished it. They think they're going to get out of the loop and then they don't. Right. Right. So yeah, I will. Yeah. This, that is something different. Um, also I've never seen someone Google deja vu experience. Usually they're Googling like time, time loop. (laughs) (laughs) Or, like, Groundhog's Day. Yeah, there was no uh, mention of Groundhog Day anywhere in yeah. this movie, which I thought was interesting. Maybe it exists in a universe where there is no Groundhog Day. Maybe. Maybe they were just worried about the legal aspects of it. It seems like most other movies just happen to mention it, and there's no legal repercussions. Yeah, well, they, they were tight. They, they were on, you know, municipality ordinances and all you're, that. You're so right. You're so right about that. <laughs> So I did think I was like, oh, that's a fun new thing, googling deja vu experience and being and 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 coming at it from that direction. Like I don't know if she ever even said I'm in a time. Like I don't know if she ever said the words time loop. I think she said a loop. I don't know. You might be right about that. I don't know. I would have to go back and watch, which I'm not going to do. <laughs> uh, but I did appreciate because this movie, you know, uh, it's a Hallmark movie. You know the level of analysis you're going to get. And the level of deepness you're going to get. I was pleasantly surprised when we had a moment of it still matters what you do inside the loop. When Charlie said that. When Charlie said. Yeah, I liked that. I was was 
big into Charlie being like, I don't like this version of you, and even if I don't remember it, like, you will have to remember it. Right. Um, he says... We love that. She Because he is upset with the way she treats Emily. Amber says, tomorrow she's not going to remember this. And Charlie says, but you will. The only thing changing day to day is you. And who are you going to be by the time you get everything you want? It's great. It's great. It's great. That's that's one of our, like, uh, you know, rules of time travel. Right. Yeah. It matters to you. It matters to you. Even if, unlike in some loops we've seen, some loops we've seen where the body remembers, in this loop, the, time, the it doesn't seem like the body remembers. She doesn't get hung over. Yeah. And nothing really, nothing really happens to her. No. Physically in any of the loops Except for the see. cake. Except for the cake, but like, eh. <laughs> It's sort of unclear, because there's one time where she tries to stay up all night, because she's like, you can't cheat me out of tomorrow if I never go to bed. And then all of a sudden it's the next day. So it's like, did we hit a certain time? And it be or not the next day. There were it's the a next few loop. like uncompleted loops that I felt a little bit like, where would this have gone? On. Yeah. Yeah. Like, where did this go? Exactly. Right. There were a few where I was like, you could have, you could have continued with that day. And I mm-hmm. would like to know how she dealt with it, but they didn't, they just moved on. So it seems to be sort of like when she goes to sleep or if she hits a certain time. Yes. Yes. The, the thing is, Amber's never really trying very hard to get out of the loop, it would seem. No, she thinks she has to complete these goals. So that's yeah. what she's working And they're pretty, atri- they're, they're all pretty achievable. Right. <laughs> that's true. On, on In the end, right? Like, yeah. She's close to all of them. Because Kevin mm-hmm. does want to get back together, it seems. Mm-hmm. Like, he still thinks really highly of her and clearly still likes her. And she's very close to landing the grant account. Right. What were her other ones? That's basically it. It's like, get, um, get very good at Baby Olympics. Get good at get Baby Olympics. Get the promotion. Yeah. I will say I found it very funny because we've watched a lot of time loop movies where people use the time loop to get really good at something. In Groundhog Day, he gets <laughs> really good at piano and French and all of these things. And in um, Palm Springs, she she learns astrophysics. Yeah. And in this yep. movie, she gets really good at the prices right for baby products and <laughs> diapering baby dolls. <laughs> Really, honestly, like a waste of a waste of her time, a waste right. of her loops. Like she had time to learn a new skill, and she was like, you know, what I'm gonna do baby shower games. Right, not transferable because the diapers aren't even like regular size diapers. No, this will like not help baby her diaper shower baby. game diapers. Yes, it's bullshit. It's and also just like her obsession with the baby shower games. I'm like, girl, this is not. This is never going to get you what you want. Although it does seem like both Bob and Kevin really care about them. So I understand why she maybe thinks she it will get her what she wants. I mean, and that should have been her first clue. Because she <laughs> should have been like, I if this is what I need to do to get what I want, like this is not right for me. Sure. You know? Yeah. I also, throughout this movie, at some point I wrote down, this is such a classic version of this genre I cannot believe we have not written this yet. I know, I know. We could it, write this movie. It really movie. proves to us that, like, well, it's the same thing, like, with the Christmas movie that I wrote. It's like, you know, you could do it. Yeah. We could do it. We could do it. We could definitely do it. And it would probably feel kind of nice to do it. Yeah. We should do it. We should quit our jobs. We should quit our it. jobs. Oh, we'll get to that. We'll get to, quit your, <laughs> we'll get to the quit your job mentality I can't wait of this for, movie. for the break my soul portion. Should we make a whole new uh, section? <laughs> Release your job. A sub part, a sub, uh, a subsection of our feminism. feminism? Okay, is going to be, you will we'll break, break my soul. soul. Uh, okay. What, what have you done? done? Okay, so like so many classic movies... 
the heroine is a quirky, hot mess. So it, It's great because it's said right at the top. My first note is, <laughs> that girl is a hot mess. Charlie gets off the phone with Amber, who's clearly running late, and Felicia's like, Amber, that girl's a hot mess. That's our friend. Yeah, I thought she was her best office friend. Very rude. But I was just also like, a hot mess with a huge, very clean house. Yeah, giant house, like, She just forgot to buy toilet paper. She forgot to buy toothpaste. Uh, Okay, I took a lot of issue with this. This is a consistency problem for me. If I... Maybe maybe this is just me, but if I did not have toothpaste, I would find a way to brush my teeth before I arrived at the office, no matter what. Yeah, I would stop for toothpaste. I would stop for toothpaste. Like, you have to stop for toothpaste. Well, my question was, when was the last time she brushed her teeth? That's a great question, because you're never, like, fully out of toothpaste. Right, you're never... And also, you don't go from, like, having toothpaste to not having toothpaste. Right, right. Like, you know what's going to happen. It's not like it's not like coffee or something. Right. Yeah. No, it's it's ridiculous. And also, like, she could cut open the toothpaste and, like, put... Which she does later. Yeah, uh, later When she's getting she, her life together, she rolling she gets a rolling pin and rolls out some toothpaste. That takes her a lot of loops to get out that rolling <laughs> pin. And I, I was freaking out about it a lot. Because I was like, people are smelling her breath, including Charlie, including Kevin. I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. I also consider the issue because what the loop we see where she's like getting her life together, right? So where she gets the rolling pin out, she makes breakfast in a better way. She makes the pop tart better. All these things that like take her longer. She becomes to, a cook. <laughs> that take her longer to do. I'm like, yeah, but isn't this gonna make you later for your job, which is gonna push back your goals of getting a promotion. Yeah, but I feel like if she's less frantic about it, like she knows she knows what's gonna happen when she arrives there, so she doesn't need to like. Be crazy about it. Right, but there's like two minutes between that will make a difference between her beating Emily to the baby shower and her not beating Emily but to like, the baby shower. But like if she doesn't beat Emily to the baby shower, like what what is really the big deal? She'll still join the baby shower, but now yes. she'll have brushed teeth. <laughs> and I think that is, I think that's something to prioritize. I will also say I would like to live in this very cute town where no one seems to need to lock their bike anywhere. I was just going to say that. They never lock their bikes, and all their bikes are very cute. Yeah, and as someone who has gotten a bike stolen from, from inside, inside my apartment building. <laughs> yeah, that that's bullshit. Also, very cheap-ass shirt that rips as easily as it does. Yeah, yeah, she tries to pull it out of the closet, and it just rips right away, which, right. you know. She tries to, like, pull it off the hanger, and the sleeve rips right off, and I'm like... Buy, buy better clothes. She's a whole architect. She could afford better clothes. I don't know. That feels like it's probably from like a very unsustainable fast fashion brand. She's a, she's a Shein girly. Ugh, bad. Don't buy from there. The mm. next consistency note I have is with the whole baby shower cake in the kitchen situation. Yes, yes. Dana comes in. That's her name, right? The receptionist The lady? receptionist lady, yeah. Dana. Dana seems to be in charge of the baby shower. Dana's obsessed with the baby Dana's shower. Dana's obsessed with the baby shower. Dana's more obsessed with the baby shower than Amber. I would. I have this. I put this in my feminism section. We can talk about it here, though. Has all of these under her breath things where she says like, "I wish I could have a baby." Yeah, it's very sad. It's very dark. It's supposed to be funny. It's a little funny, but it's also very. Dark. I honestly, I laughed out loud. I laughed. <laughs> she says, "Having a baby, I can't have a baby," and then she says, "Let the games begin." I wish I could have a baby. Oh my god! Yeah, it's, it's very so funny, bad. It's very dark. It's really dark, and but I kind of loved it. But that anyway, that's none of that's my consistency issue. My consistency issue is what time is the cake? 
first of all, yes, this baby shower, it like it happened before work started, and now we're like past lunch, and it's like we're we're we're, now we're, we're doing back the to the baby shower. It's baby shower all day. That is only part of my consistency. My other issue is like she's like, I'm so sorry, I'm swamped. Can you get the cake from the kitchen? She like comes back to Amber's office in some of the loops to be like. I'm swamped. Can you get the cake from the kitchen? I'm like, how long did it take to get the cake from the kitchen? You just walked all the way back to Amber's office. And you know Amber has a meeting because then five seconds later, she's like, Amber, Mr. Grant is here. That's a really good point. I didn't see it that way. I was more concerned with the fact that sometimes it seems like the cake is trying to happen before lunch. And sometimes it seems like the cake is trying to happen after lunch, which feels inconsistent to me. Okay, that too. Sure. But also... I'm more like, Dana, just get the cake. Or like, wait 10 minutes to get the cake. No one needs the cake right now. Dana's obsessed with the baby shower at the expense of the entire (laughs) operation of this office. Yeah. And it also seems like the cake, like, must end up on someone's shirt no matter what. Like, the cake is destined for a shirt. Yes. Because the how the cake smash happens varies wildly over the course mm-hmm. of the loops, but uh, it always smashes somehow. Mm-hmm. Either Amber or Emily. Although we do see, we see many loops of Amber getting rid of the cake, throwing the cake away, stuffing it down the sink. So it seems like maybe she avoids getting cake on her in those instances. That's true. That's true. But, but again, what does she tell people happened to the cake? I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> it also just feels like throwing it in the trash all of the times would work, but she needs to do it in creative ways. Sure. So they can have a montage. Yes. I now have a whole section on inconsistencies on how business works. Ooh, tell me. Give it to me. <laughs> this is different than my break my soul section. This is different than like capitalism and the ethics around having a job. This is just like the movie being like, this is how an office works. And I'm like, it's not. <laughs> Okay, all right, give it to us. Okay, oh, first of all, I will say, so there's all this stuff with her professionalism, right? The boss is like, we need to talk about your professionalism. Uh, uh-huh. And I'm like, she had a cake, she had someone smash a cake into her. How is that? Seconds before the person who she was meeting with arrives. Right, how is that on her professionalism? And then there's there's scenes we see where she doesn't have cake on her and she's still, Emily still like swoops in. We see her like bringing Mr. Grant to her office. And I'm like, it seems like Emily's the one with a professionalism issue if yes. she's stealing her client. Also, okay, I, I had an issue with the fact, and perhaps you are going to bring this up, but I had an issue with the fact that like Emily seems to be stealing the client and like that's not how delegation in an office works. No. And second of all, if Emily has a previous relationship with this client, they would have given the client to Emily to begin with. Right. Because that's that makes sense. They would be like, you know this person. You should be the person to work with them. Right. Right? Presumably these two have the same job. Yeah. It seems like they have similar jobs at the very least. Right. Yeah. So Emily, like when they were talking about this client coming in, would be like, oh, he was my professor. I... I would love to take this client. I think it would be a really good move mm-hmm. because I already have this connection. I'm very likely to receive this account for us. Yes. And we are all, as a collective, in the office, we all need this account together. Right. Yes, that is correct. I will also say, it seems like everybody but Amber is wearing a blazer. Offices are either blazers, blazer places, blazer or, places, not blazer places blazer. or not blazer places. Very true, very true. So, honestly, Amber, I do want to talk to you about your professionalism. If everybody Where else in your office is, your blazer? is wearing a blazer, especially if you're meeting with a client. Yeah, this was not a casual day. No, put a blazer on. Um, But also, if your office is such a professional blazer place, why is literally everyone in the office dating each other? Okay, yeah, that's, another, <laughs> that's my romance section. Um, Yes, she clearly, she just, she just broke up with Kevin, who maybe now is dating someone in finance. We don't know. And Felicia's like, you should date Charlie. And I'm like, what? 
the just only other man in the office who's not her boss. Like, date anyone. Like, just date anyone who you don't work with. Seriously. And then Felicia and Kevin seem yes. to be dating later. We can talk about that more in the romance section, but yeah, professionalism, not a strong suit. Right. Of there's also there's a, a section where Kevin and uh, Amber are like laying on the floor of her office, and Dana comes in, and I'm like, this is a bigger professionalism issue than anything that happens with the cake and Mr. Grant. Yeah, a thousand percent. Mm-hmm. And, okay, also, none of them know how to quit a job. (laughs) I personally have never quit a job by just, like, saying I quit. Like, declaring it. Okay, because here's the thing. You're going to need your boss to give you a reference. Right? You go to get another job, they're going to ask you for three references. You're going to want that boss to be your reference. Absolutely. Which I'm sure he would have been if you, after this big client meeting, like waited till after the client meeting and then was like, look, I think Emily would handle this account better. My priorities are changing. This is my two weeks. Yeah. Give your two weeks. (laughs) Right. You, what, what hurry are you in? Why are you in such a hurry? No one's abusing you. I very rarely feel bad for bosses and I felt bad for Bob. He looked so bad in front of Mr. Grant because Amber just is like, I quit. Bye. And then Charlie had also already quit that day. And then Kevin was about to quit. Right. And Emily's about to go on maternity leave. What is he going to do? I'm really worried for him. This is going to be stressful. What is Dana going to take it up? Also, Charlie, in the span of that morning, it seems like, in the span of like, from, I don't know, between 5 p.m. the night before and and 9 a.m. the next day, 10 a.m. the next day, has not only quit, he has cleaned out his entire office. Yeah, of course. Wouldn't you? Also, No, there there, requires, like, a a lot of boxes. Also, it seems like the only reason Charlie, if if we are to believe his quitting statement, there's nothing left for me here. It seems like the only reason he was at this job was because of Amber, which is creepy, because she was dating someone else until very recently. Right. To give him the benefit of the doubt, it's probably, he probably didn't start there because of Amber, but like now it would hurt. Now seeing what had just happened and like having helped Amber get back together with her ex-boyfriend and like hearing her say she was never going to date him, maybe he was like, it hurts too much now. I can't, I can't do it anymore. Okay. I guess. But I'm just, I just think But it's very fucking dramatic. There's, there, there is something here for you, Charlie. It's called a paycheck. Okay. I'm probably, I'm probably health insurance. So I don't know. (laughs) And also, again, you will also need a reference. Yeah. These people don't give a fuck about references. They're just like wheeling and dealing. They're like, I'm burning bridges left and right. I don't even care. I'm an architect. I can build it back up. (laughs) I can build the bridge. Yeah, can't wait to talk about that even more in our Break Your Soul section. Absolutely. Do you have any other consistency notes? This is, like, kind of consistency, I guess. Uh, But I just want to say that I'm really proud of the art department of this movie because they very clearly used the same location from two different angles to be the coffee shop and the bar. Um, Oh. It's very obvious if if you look closely. They just shot it one way and then turned the camera around and set dressed it a different way and shot it the other way. And I'm proud of them. I'm proud of them for that. Yeah, I didn't notice that. They also had some, like, uh, very uh, hilarious tapestries printed up, like, quirky tapestries printed up for the uh, coffee shop set decoration um, that looked like they were slapped up with literal scotch tape. So (laughs) props to them. Working on a budget is hard. We've been there. We, we see you. We hear you. Did you catch the girl power yes. sign uh, on her bookshelf? Oh, my shelf? God. <laughs> yes, I absolutely did. The art department is about 
five years late on like how women dr- would decorate their offices, but no, I I think that is how Amber would decorate her okay. office. That feels like her. It's it's pure Amber. They really got into the heart of the character. So I did like her ducks. They reminded me of the duck that I stole from my wedding venue. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Should, I have you, in my should you be now? talking about that publicly? <laughs> yeah, they they don't listen. Also, technically, I didn't steal it. I think Christine stole it for me and then gave it to me later. Yeah, that sounds right. Yeah, yeah. There was a beautiful brass duck in the bathroom of my wedding venue um, that a friend of mine put in her purse because I was like, I want this. Thank you. Wow, your wedding was so fun. <laughs> All right. Speaking of weddings, does, does their love stand the test of time? time? Here's where we talk about the romance of it all. Uh, my first note is, I heard you broke up with one guy you work with, so why don't you go date this other guy oh you work God. with in this Fucking small Felicia. office? Felicia. Like, relax. Felicia is an agent of chaos. She, I love it. She's definitely <laughs> she a Leo. Did you, did you catch that they did manage to slip in one by Felicia? Yes. As if it's 2016? Again, this whole movie, this movie must have been written in 2016. It must have been. It must have been. They did that... But Felicia ends up with hot Kevin, so... But we'll talk about that. We'll talk about that later. We gotta focus on our main Yeah, let's couple. go with the main couple right now. Amber and Charlie. Amber, yeah. I think the first thing to know is that I think Charlie is a real cutie. Yeah. Yeah. And I think they're really, both cute. really likes Amber, which is nice. Yes. Maybe a little too much. <laughs> I think the movie really wanted to hit us over the head right away with, like, Charlie likes Amber. Charlie's deeply in love with Amber. They're at the lunch together the first day, like, before the loop even starts. And I don't know. She's just being, I I don't know, I guess self-deprecating or something. And he says, you're passionate, creative. You're always putting people ahead of you. That's what I love about you. Uh, With a big, like, stuttering And he's like, oh, my God, did I just say love? Oh, my God, oh, my God. She's barely paying attention. Yeah, she's like, whatever, dude. Like, keep giving me compliments. I'm I'm not paying attention. Right, like, here's the thing. I don't buy that Amber doesn't know that Charlie's in love with her. Absolutely not. She's, I mean. Which she's makes a, it pretty cruel that she's like, help me get back together with Kevin. Yeah. I, I mean, I think the movie does want us to think that. Right. But there's no world, maybe this is a consistency thing, because there's no world in which Amber would not know that Charlie was in love with her. Yeah, because he also says things to her like, uh, I wrote it down. Oh, you're the most amazing woman I've ever met. <laughs> which is not a thing you just like say to some random person you work Co-worker, with. Yeah. Even if it's like your best work friend. Right. It does seem like, I will say, it's what's nice is it does seem like they are friends, right? They're not just coworkers. Yeah, They're absolutely. friends. It's not, yeah. it's not weird when she's like, I, I guessed your baby picture right. You got to buy me lunch. And then they go to lunch together. Or like when he's like, do you want to get a drink? And she's like, yes. And he seems like very excited. But I'm like, it's clearly like, you clearly have gotten drinks after work before. This is normal. Very casual. This is normal. You're excited about it, but like, it's normal. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, so yeah, it's nice. They have a friendship. He's very cute. They are cute together. The exchange when they're in the park, when they're chatting, I wrote this exchange is cute. They're cute. I'm into it. They pinky promise over things. It's all, it's all very cute. Yeah, it's adorable. Um, I love Edgar the the story. Okay, the story he tells her, this embarrassing childhood story is basically like he wanted a pet. His parents wouldn't get him a pet, so he thinks he can like cat- hatch his own pet. Which I'm like, did you want a chicken as a pet? Whatever. Moving on. Bad idea. Um. <laughs> so he steals an egg and he like lets an egg rot on his desk because he thinks it'll like hatch and. Poor baby. It's a, it's a cute story. It's a cute story. It's good. It's nice and the specific. The egg's name was Edgar the egg. Edgar Dwayne. I love Edgar Dwayne. I, I also love the plan. Like, I think the plan's actually really good. Yeah. At first I was like, oh my god, they're gonna make us listen to, like, 
another monologue. You know how I hate monologues in movies. Mm-hmm. Um, but then when it like turned out that he was telling it for the reason of like, I'm going to solve your problem. I was like, oh, right. nice. All right. Cool. Yes. I will probably repeat Edgar Dwayne, may he rest in peace. Just in my life. Edgar Dwayne, may he rest in peace. Edgar Dwayne, may he rest in indeed, peace. Indeed, indeed. Yeah, when they're on the phone, he's, like, giving her shit because she doesn't know how to mute. Like, it's cute. But my biggest thing is, is like, if, if we're pretending that she doesn't know that he's into her, then why at the end does she, like, run over and is, like, she feels like she hurt him and she's clearly there to be, like, I like you, let's kiss. But yeah. it's, like, we've never established... We've never established that you know he likes you. No, I think it. I think the them getting together at the end was definitely rushed. Right. Um, they they had great chemistry, which made it like enough to kind of carry it. But I think that like the scene itself and the the mm-hmm. way that they ended up together was rushed. Like, right. There should have been something where like he left a a thing a, a a thing an egg on her desk as like a. <laughs> Gross! I hate that. No, but there should have been like a thing. You yeah. know what I mean? No, or just in the scene, in the the moment where he's saying, "I don't like that you did this. You're gonna have to deal with this tomorrow, whatever." There could have been something in there where he like right before he walks away is like, you know, maybe there was somebody better for you than Kevin or something. Yeah, like, there could yeah. have been just a moment like that, one line. And the other thing about it is that like it's a Hallmark movie, so like. They can only kiss at the very end and no right. other times. Yeah. So that's also probably part of why it feels a little rushed and truncated. Yeah, but it's just like, there. we've watched better ending getting together scenes, even in Hallmark movies. No, no, you're like, right, you're right. And they this were so, didn't, they were, didn't have the benefit of snow, though, which you must admit, like, helps, sure. helps all of these. Sure. <laughs> yeah, but I want to say, like, they were so cute throughout, they deserved a better ending scene together yeah agreed agreed i was glad i got the flash forward that was nice yes i was i'm learning about myself that i love a little epilogue (laughs) rule of the pod Paige loves a little epilogue i love a little epilogue (laughs) uh although i will say why would you do her baby shower in the middle of her meeting with yes that was i i forgot to put that in consistency yes she's in the middle of meeting with clients he comes in and is like can I borrow you for a second? And she's like, one moment, I'll be back. Right, it's clearly going to be like hours. You're not coming back. They just surprised you with a baby shower. Also, wait till her meeting ends. Yeah, seriously. Okay, I also will say, like, the movie really wants you to be like, Kevin is bad. We're rooting for Charlie. I love Kevin. I absolutely love Kevin. He's a perfect himbo. Everything about him is perfect. Down to his coffee order, which is hazelnut coffee, two creams, two sugars. Perfect himbo coffee order. <laughs> I Yeah, I would say Jonathan Bennett did a great job. I loved Kevin. Everything that came out of Kevin's mouth, I was laughing out loud. I love that Kevin, after one minute and a half conversation with Charlie, where he opens up about why he and Amber broke up, is like, we're best friends now. At the end, I wrote, I love that Kevin showed up to this baby shower for his best friend, Charlie. <laughs> I, so great. Yeah. You know what? Like, he's golden retriever man energy. Yes. And we love it. He wants to play professional kickball. I hope he got his dream. I also loved, uh, there's a part in the Baby Olympics where he comes over, there's a board. It's like an, it's a classic name that baby game where it's like, it's a board of all the people who were employees as babies. Mm -hmm. And you have to figure out who grew up into who. And Amber tells him it's a name that baby game. And he just starts going like, Dwayne. John. Perfect. So good. So good. Easy. I named all the babies. I did it. I love I love him. Also, you know what I love about his performance is that he made it look like thinking hurt. Yeah. And that 
is so funny to me. That is so funny to me. When they go to dinner, he has a whole like like laminated presentation about kickball, just about <laughs> how many kickballs he's going to need. He's like, I figured out all my expenses. I'm going to need a lot of kickballs. <laughs> he says, I figured out the expenses. Now I just need to figure out the income. And then towards the end, when she's like basically breaking up with him, he's like really focused. And he's like, I think we might need more kickballs. <laughs> and then he says, to, he also says, I want to focus fully on kickball, but I don't know if kickball is one word or two. Oh, it's so good. It's so good. It's delightful. Kevin is delightful. I, I hope he and Felicia are very happy together. I did not see that coming. Uh, I, I, they didn't leave any breadcrumbs on that one. They were no. just like, here's this thing and you have to deal with it now. I loved Kevin. I, I understand that he's not for her. No. I agree. She's better with Charlie, but she had two really great options, I will say. Yeah. And listen, we all need a need a himbo in our lives sometimes. Like yeah. sometimes it's nice to just relax into uh it's like it's like falling back into a warm bath. Yeah. I so okay, so I do think, especially based on the fact that they're clearly married and um having a baby together, I think she and Charlie will stand the test of time. Felicia and Kevin, less sure about. I, I need to know how, how supportive Felicia is of his kickball dreams, but... Hopefully very supportive. I hope she is bringing home the bacon so that he can play kickball. Yeah, Felicia should get the promotion. Give Felicia that promotion, damn it! She needs to support Kevin. Alright, ready? Ladies, did we just time travel back to the 1950s? So usually we talk about all of our intersectional feminism, do's and don'ts, yays and nays. To me, I feel like the biggest like feminism faux pas in this uh, thing was like the competition between her and Emily, mm-hmm. because it felt very like, I don't know, there was something about it that felt really like girl fighty to me and very like uh, competitive in a, in a way that just like did not need to be like, it seemed like they could have just teamed up. I, I thought maybe it was it was leaning towards, like, the last loop she was going to, like, team up with Emily and they were going to be, like, a girl power pair. But that's not what happened. I mean, I do appreciate what we find out at the end is basically, like, there's not a girl fight. It's just Amber projecting. Right, right. Because Emily Emily is, like, trying to support her family and do, like, just live mm-hmm. her life, yeah. essentially. And Amber is projecting on her. Uh, but again, we're supposed to feel sympathy for Emily, but I'm still, like, it's still a dick move that you are... St- stealing this client there's just no need to steal i don't know why she they should have just talked about it in the office right when after the first meeting where she clearly like lands the account she tells emily or she tells amber like oh we can work on it together so it's just like be rooting for her but it's like you still knew amber had stayed up doing this presentation right and like was ready to meet with him and like pulled him into your office right right so yeah i mean i do think this movie just does the hallmark thing that is crunchy with feminism of like we we only celebrate women who are bearing children yeah absolutely i think that this one kind of like it there's a little bit of like tension with it which i appreciate because it's like kind of acknowledging that the baby shower thing is stupid and that like you know but she gets one at the end yeah but like the the it's acknowledging that like she like did it in her own time and like whatever like Maybe, I, maybe I'm going back on this now that you point that out. I just think that, like, you know, Emily's not the main character. And, like, we're meant to, like, see her as a little bit of a villain for most of the movie. So, like, I think that it's a little bit in tension with, like, Amber's the hero of this movie. And, like, yeah, but she doesn't have those things. And she might want them, but, like, she can still be... 
but, successful yeah, eventually. I don't sure, know. Sure, but Amber seems to think that Emily is more successful than her in part because she landed a man and is pregnant. Yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Okay, yeah. And yeah. then and at those the end... Are, those are her goals and that's what she ends up with What she achieves, yeah. yeah. And then Which, she's Again, she's obviously, won. if you want to have children, you should have children. But nobody throughout the movie is like... It's fine that I don't you are, want them. <laughs> or like it's fine that you're 30 and you don't have a kid. It's fine. Right, <laughs> like, right. Chill. <laughs> chill out. You're fine. Um also, yeah, did you all the things that she that she said she didn't have. She was like I'm 30 years old and what do I have to show for it? Yeah, and I was like no, I clocked that for I sure. I was like, "Oh no, it's us." <laughs> hey, at least you have a spouse. <laughs> I got nothing. <laughs> I mean, I guess I, but I'm not, you know, but she has a house. She has a house. She has a house. She's not acknowledging that she has her own house. Sure. But she's like, I have a lot of, a lot of clothes. She has a house, a lot of clothes, a whole toaster. And she also has like a job. She's, she has lots to show for it. She doesn't have a, she just doesn't have a man or a baby. That's bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. That's bullshit. It is us, but also it's bullshit. Right. It is bullshit, but also I was like, well, because when she's also talking about, like, not being passionate about her job or, like, yeah, all stuff, yeah, I was yeah. like, oh, God. Yeah. All right. I now have to, like, have a crisis, I guess. <laughs> no. You don't have to have a crisis just because just Amber told you to. <laughs> I think this, this dovetails us nicely into, uh, you won't break my soul. <laughs> so this movie does the classic thing where it's, like, if you're unhappy with your job, you should just quit and um, you'll be Pursue fine. Pursue your dreams. Yeah. He says, you're the most amazing woman I've ever met. You'll be able to pay the mortgage no matter what you decide to I do. love that. I was like, oh, okay. I Yeah. I wrote down so much of this conversation because there's just so much to unpack here. He, she says, if I want to make it in the corporate world, I need to play in the corporate sandbox. He says, is it even worth it if your heart's not in it? And then I wrote down, I don't know, sometimes people just need jobs, Charlie. Okay. It, yeah, I mean, it, it is the whole thing of like, well, if you're not passionate, your yeah. work is your life, your life is your work. Like, it has to be, they have to be the same. Again, back to, I'm rewatching all the episodes of Drag Race. And this is actually a Drag Race podcast now. <laughs> Rachel Bloom, who we love, who love wrote love. and starred in Crazy Ex-Girlfriend, it was a guest judge on one of the episodes where and a contestant did fairly poorly and was like, very down on herself and Rachel Bloom had this like great thing where she was like look as somebody who's like in a creative field I understand I like had a lot of trouble separating if I do badly at the thing I'm passionate about that makes me bad like Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. she's like no like what you do is not who is not necessarily the same as like who you are yeah yeah and that's really hard to draw boundaries in fields like people are passionate about right yeah, I yeah. definitely struggle with that. Right. For sure. And it made me, it caused me to make a lot of changes in my life. Right. And I think that's a problem, obviously, like specifically in creative films, but also with capitalism generally, because yeah, your job and your productivity are like so linked to how worth it you are as a person. Yeah. What's the first thing someone asks you when they meet, when they meet you right. for the first what time? What do you do? What do you do? And I'm also, I do that too. And I, I ask feel people like, that all the time. And I expect it to tell me something about you. Even though I don't, I shouldn't, I guess. I mean, yeah, like, I, some, honestly, like, sometimes my favorite answer is when people are like, I don't care about what I do. Like, here's, and then I'm like, oh, cool, like, what do you care about? Yeah. Then it gives you the opportunity to be like, tell me something else about yourself. 
Right. And, like, I, I do care about what I do. And that also makes my life worse in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. But anyway, and so then she tells the story about how she wanted to be an architect. She drew this picture of a house, of a, like a clubhouse that her dad built her, blah, blah, blah. And she then she says, you can't pay your mortgage with a drawing. And then he says, you're the most amazing woman I've ever met. You'll be able to pay the mortgage no matter what you decide to do. Shut up. And he, she says, you make it sound so easy. And he says, why has it got to be hard? And I'm like, I don't know, because, because capitalism? capitalism made it hard. I don't know. Wouldn't it be great? Wouldn't it be amazing if we could all do what we wanted to do, feel like we were contributing, and, like, not have to worry about paying our mortgage and health insurance and, like, having a place to live and having food in our plate? This all sounds... What if we could just live in a system where, like, yeah, we didn't have to decide between being miserable every day from 9 to 5 and, like, being able to survive the, in the rest the other parts of our life. Yeah, absolutely. And that is, that is the crux that I think a lot of people are like coming up against this have in the last couple of years have come up against this. And maybe this is like kind of a pre, uh, pre pandemic sort of movie, you know? Oh, a hundred percent. Like there's a, there's a thread of this that like, I don't know if people would be so receptive to now. Right. Cause it, it doesn't, it also doesn't really make sense. Right. The movie is very pro working hard. There's a lot of like, praising people for working really hard and as long as it's just like the thing that you also like doing right but it's like the problem is 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 yeah we're pretend we're pretending we live in a world where hard work is enough to get you exactly what you want to get you exactly always every time yeah but that's also a hallmark world to be fair it's sure, like, but it's both it's like 2020 but also hallmark well yeah but hallmark because hallmark is is like pro the capitalism narrative and like that's the narrative that if you work hard you will get what you want is the only narrative that will sell the idea of capitalism because and there and ergo uh hallmark uh greeting cards right and the the ugly trinkets that they want you to buy because it's like if you actually look at what's happening in the world with like the stagnant wages and healthcare being tied to employment and all these other things that are a little uglier you can't have this conversation right you can't Mm -hmm. just be like yeah go do what you want to do you would have to acknowledge no like sometimes the world the the society we have created means that you are sometimes stuck doing what you don't want to do because money is all that matters yeah totally i agree with you this movie doesn't charlie doesn't charlie thinks that it shouldn't be that hard I agree with, here's the thing, I and agree with Charlie. Have, and it if, shouldn't be that hard. I would love, Charlie lets you and me sit down and create a blueprint for a society where it's not that hard. Maybe, maybe it involves nationalized healthcare. <laughs> maybe it involves a universal base, uh, a, a universal income. Maybe it involves a housing, housing as a, as a right. human right. Yeah. <laughs> maybe it involves food as a human right for people. Like maybe it involves increased uh, social services and a, a government safety net. I don't know, maybe it involves taxing the rich. I, these are just these are just things I'm throwing out there, Charlie. You tell him. He doesn't know. You have to tell him. Yeah, I think uh, the other thing that is important to mention here is that um, she couldn't do any of this without the love of a good man. Yes. She achieved all her dreams in the end because, let's be honest, she had the love of a good man. Right. And that is, that is also part of this. Yeah. But I bet you that girl power is still sitting on a bookshelf somewhere. Mm, girl power, baby. 
Yeah, I think it matters that it's Charlie, it's her romantic interest who has to tell her this, and it's not Felicia. Yeah. It's not her own realization through the time loops. No, and that is, that's, that's what I'm saying, yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's intentional. The heteronormativity and the um, finding a partner and having uh, 2.5 children with them is part of this, the whole system. Yeah. Not unintentionally. The pregnancy through line is strong. Yes. Yes. You know, but they think it's feminist because she's still working. Like, she's pregnant and she's still working. And she has a sign on her bookshelf that says, girl power. I don't know how much more feminist you want to get. Like, seriously. I mean, she's she's a fine character. Again, quirky, quote unquote, a mess. Like, it's just, it's a classic. Yeah, it's fine. she's fine. Whatever. She's she not does. that interesting. I do think we passed the Bechdel test because she's discussing. She talks to Felicia quite a lot. And, um, and, and Emily, Emily about mm-hmm. the job. I mean, technically, you could quibble and be like, well, Mr. Grant is a man. No, no, like, that's not yeah. what it's about. You know, there's a lot of female characters, I guess, but they all they all need the love and the semen of a good man. They sure do. And all and all of them better be white. Oh, you, my God. You better believe. The whitest, the whitest of the movies. I, this was made in 2020. Why? Literally nobody that works at this office is a person of color. Not a single person of color. Dana can't even be a person of color. Literally Bob? Bob, uh, One person. Just just one. At the end of the movie, I think there was one extra at the baby shower who was a black woman. Like, in the back. And it's like, uh, okay, so... Doesn't count. I guess um, Amber hired one black person at her firm, but... I just to I, prove that her firm is better than Bob's. It's just like it's not even like a you have to try yeah, to not cast a person of color in your entire like office ensemble in 2020. You do. Yeah. It's 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 bad. It's real bad. Yeah. Anyway, you won't break my soul. Release your job. Yeah. But also I understand if you don't because it's fine if you don't. Capitalism has made it really hard. You need a paycheck. And, and health know, insurance. Yeah, so just just do the soft quitting. That's the cool thing that kids are doing. But if you do something you're passionate about, it's hard to soft quit because you care about what you do and you want to do it well. Ugh. It's so... Ugh. 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 All right. Moving on. <laughs> Is it the best of times or the worst of times? Here's where we talk about if you should watch it, in what context. We rate it on our doomsday clock on a scale from noon to midnight. Noon being notoriously so bad, it makes you want to gouge your own eyes out. Midnight being so good, it makes you want to party in your eyeballs because your eyes got to watch the movie. Woo! And then you watch it. Woo! Woo! It's so good that it makes you have a... It makes you party too hard and then you faint and then the ambulance comes and goes, woo! Woo! (laughs) I don't know. Midnight or noon is bad. Midnight is good. Take Even though it. the ambulance is coming. <laughs> yeah. And we'll charge you a lot of money if you don't have oh your corporate God, health this insurance. It's really dark. <laughs> it is also getting dark outside. It is so. it is dark. We haven't turned the light on. Uh go ahead, Helena. Uh okay. Um I didn't hate this movie. I don't think you need to watch it, but also you could watch it. It was a it was a pleasant afternoon i guess um hour 20 is a it was a pleasant it was a tight hour 20 i'm gonna say six right in the middle take it or leave it yeah that's how i feel about this movie i was buoyant watching it <laughs> it was so bad and so stupid but i laughed out loud so many times every word out of kevin's mouth was delightful like we said it's it's bad that they did not cast one person of color very bad so 
I guess I do knock it for that. But I, I think I enjoyed this way more than, like, most of the other Hallmark movies we've watched. Because it was <laughs> so silly. I was going to go, like, seven. But, again, for the lack of people of color, I, I'll go 630. That's fair. Tight hour 20. If you're looking for something stupid. Yeah, you want to turn your little brains off? Go for it. And if you, like... I want to watch Aaron Samuels from Mean Girls. Yeah, yeah. If you if you go down a Jonathan Bennett rabbit hole after listening to this, and then mm. you're like, I need to like figure out the context, that would be a really like good reason to watch it, yeah. I would say. Watch it for Jonathan Bennett. Yeah, I mean, Andrew Lawrence, also very cute. Yeah, but Jonathan Bennett, like, yeah. come on. Yeah, yeah. Did we do it? Mm-hmm. We'll be back in no time at all. You are my mother. Also, I think... Oh, actually, this might be a spoiler. A spoiler? For... Of what? The current season of Secret Celebrity Drag Race. Okay, well, uh, it seems like you spoiled it. (laughs) The guy who plays Damien and Mean Girls is one of the secret celebrities in Secret Celebrity Drag Race. But it's just like, okay, I'm sorry. You put a wig on somebody and you put makeup on them and they still... That's could tell who they are. That's the whole show, is that you put a wig on them? Well, they're they're doing drag. You can still tell who people are in drag. Exactly. They're not doing mask singer, like, full body costume. That's so dumb. So they're like, who is the celebrity? And you're like, well, that's, that's... That's that guy. That's that guy. Also, while there's a train going past, I'm going to keep talking about some qualms I have with the secret celebrity drag race. Yeah, keep going. Fuck it. (laughs) So there's also, there's a lot of women competing, and they don't, they don't become drag kings. They're putting them in, like, they just female drag. Yeah, they just put them in, like, drag. Which is like, a category, right, but, like, it's we like, could have representation for drag kings. Yeah, it's just, like, you know, there's, like, certain kind, there's a certain drag makeup aesthetic and, and the big hair and the heels and the cinching and all of that, but it's just, like, they're not tucking. Like, I don't know. And they I don't just, have to take on, like, a different gender uh, gender role. Right. Yeah, they should. They should put them. Also, they should become also, drag kings. again, representation for drag kings. Yeah. Like, why, why can't we have like drag kings are very fun and cool as well as drag queens. Right. So yes. that's bullshit. I also say there's two actors from Glee on this season. Okay. Uh, why have you been watching this without me? I watched the only the first episode. There okay. have been two episodes since we can watch them if you'd like. I'd like to watch that after this. Thank you. Amber then goes to dinner with Kevin, who only wants to talk about his professional kickball career. Amber then goes to dinner with Kevin, who only wants to talk about his professional kickball career uh, more and, and more and, and more. Okay. <laughs> what, what? What just happened? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> yeah, maybe. Say talk more about his professional yeah, career. Yeah, okay, <laughs> yes. 